0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of The Professional Volunteer. I wanted to jump on today and talk about the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19. Today is Wednesday, March 18th, and we are definitely in the middle of a trying time here in the U.S., and there's a lot of information out there, a lot of information to be found, But not a lot of information, unfortunately, to help guide the volunteer firefighters and volunteer fire service as a whole. And obviously, we can take some of the documents that are being put out there um, by uh, some of the organizations and our career brothers and sisters. But I thought it might be helpful to jump on share some thoughts, share some ideas, um, and just give you some options of things that you can do for yourself, for your members, and for your department. Now, obviously, you want to be paying attention to reputable sources of information. When you're gathering your information regarding COVID-19, I would highly recommend uh, following your state's health department CDC, the World Health Organization, and distancing yourself a bit from social media. There's a ton of information being posted on social media, and uh, there's a lot of it, unfortunately, that is not factual information. And when I get done with this podcast, I'm going to encourage you all to share your thoughts and ideas on how you're dealing with this in your uh, home agency on our Facebook page or on our Instagram feed Uh, because I think um, uh, more information is uh, better than no information. So obviously this is a rapid changing environment, a rapidly changing environment uh, for public safety agencies uh, here in the U.S. and abroad and it's an event that's going to stretch out over time and it's a dynamic event things are consistently changing so just some general thoughts here on things that you can do within your agency or maybe suggest to the leaders of your agency if you are not a leader that you uh, that they consider doing to keep everyone safe what we cannot do as volunteer agencies is just assume that it's business as usual and that we're going to be okay right that is not the way to go about this That is a easy way to getting yourself, uh, your brothers and sisters, um, your entire um, organization infected and potentially shut down. And that is definitely not what we want to do. It is not business as usual. We cannot keep responding as we respond. We have to put some thought into this uh, process as we move forward in the days and weeks to come. So many stations in my area And watching on social media, many stations have closed their facilities down to the public, which is um, absolutely necessary um, as the way we stand today. It's absolutely a necessary move, closing your facility down to the public, Um, canceling public events, uh, canceling hall rentals if you're in the hall rental business. Um, Just closing down your station to the general public and limiting it to um, official department business only. Some general precautions that you and your membership should be taking, and many of these have been repeated, and I'm going to repeat them again. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Obviously, you have to let your membership know that it is not business as usual, and if they are not feeling well, they have a fever, a cough, uh, they've been around anyone that's a confirmed diagnosis of COVID nineteen, that they're not needed. Well, probably not needed is not a it's not a great use of verbiage, but they cannot come to the fire station, right? They need to follow the procedures. They need to self-quarantine. They need to seek medical attention if necessary, um, but they should know. They should let your agency leaders know that uh, of the situation that they are in, and they should not come around your fire station. Washing our hands frequently, I think that's being beaten into all of our heads. I've washed my hands more in the last couple of weeks. Not that I am an unsanitary individual by any stretch of the imagination, but I think my hands are raw from the amount of times I have washed my hands over the last couple weeks. Maintain social distancing when possible. I think that's when this is all over and all said and done. Uh, That is going to be the buzzwords for 2020 is social distancing but maintain social distancing when possible um, and make sure that your members are doing the same thing when they're at the uh, station. Any members with pre-existing conditions, all right? Now, there's some age. Um, there's some numbers that have been thrown out there regarding age. Uh, most of us do not want to step out into the age discrimination um Field, So I would recommend stating that any of your members that have pre-existing conditions that can put them at risk um, and, and um, need to reduce their exposure, and they should not respond or come to your station as well. When we're responding, um, volunteer agencies around the country obviously respond in different ways. Uh, In today's day and age, there's more and more agencies that everybody is responding to the station. Uh, The trend of responding to the scene, I think, across the U.S. in POVs um, has changed drastically over probably the last five years or so. Um, But there are plenty of agencies out there that respond uh, directly where they have their membership respond directly to the scene in POVs. It's probably a good idea to cease that. Unless your membership has direct points of communication and can monitor um, 911, because I know in our state, um, essential information regarding um, potential infection is being Um, given to responding units and chief officers, either uh, over the radio or privately via cell phone. And if you are responding to the scene and cannot get that essential information, you could be walking into a bad situation for yourself. So those departments that Typically, do the respond to the scene um, scenario. Should probably consider having everybody respond to their station so you have better accountability, better crewing, and everybody knows what's going on. Um, training events uh, if you're following the guidelines, and the, the guidelines here in New York are 10 people, and I know lots of other states uh, have, have adopted similar guidelines to the amount of people, uh, you might want to consider canceling. All of your weekly training until further notice, Um, what we have done and what several other departments have done locally is uh, continuing to bring a limited number of manpower in once a week to check the equipment, check the apparatus, clean, sanitize, make sure everything is ready to go and go on to a split shift type Uh, system. So everybody is not in the station at the same time. And it uh, keeps us keeps our numbers down keeps our risk of exposure down. So those are some ideas that are being tossed around that I think are are great, valuable ideas that you uh, should absolutely consider. Uh, Closing down your station, uh, we already touched on to the public, but uh, to just hanging out, Um, Being around basically official business only, uh, the limited drills, and uh, obviously emergency calls um, only. Personal protective equipment is obviously a hot topic, and it's a hot topic because it's just about impossible to get. So if you do not have an inventory, chances are you're not uh, adding to your current inventory. Um, I know, again, here in New York, very, very limited, very hard to get. Um, we have requests in for uh, masks and respiratory protection, um, gloves and gowns, eye protection, and it's just not coming. So we need to um, uh, be very uh, stingy on what we use, uh, not give any of it away to anybody else, keep what we have for um, our members and make sure that we have a plan in place for um, you know when our members need to be wearing that proper PPE and any high-risk incidents or high-risk procedures that we might get into. Um, I'm really only talking from the fire response side right now. Obviously, if you are involved in first response EMS, um, you have a lot more risk of exposure and you have um, hopefully a plan in place to deal with that risk. But make sure we're addressing PPE and we're educating our members on the proper PPE to wear. And again, this information is all uh, readily available on the CDC website, so make sure you're checking that out and referring back to that uh, frequently. A very big part of this is going to be uh, decontamination and uh, disinfection. And I'm not talking about just when we come back from a run. Uh, Regularly cleaning, regularly disinfecting, uh, making sure that our fire apparatus is wiped down. Control panels, switches, floors, walls, uh, door handles both inside and out. The seats, uh, our radio controls, our radio microphones. Our SCBAs, uh, whether you have your own personal mask for your SCB or not, make sure that the regulators are getting wiped down. The SCBA itself is getting wiped down. Any hand tools that might be utilized in an incident should be wiped down. All right, We definitely need to maintain um, a, a clean atmosphere and make sure that we're doing a good job of decontaminating and cleaning. And again, we can incorporate that into those weekly um, limited drills, and when we come back from a run, it needs to be done every time we come back from a run as well. Regarding the fire station itself, um, you know, you should put decontamination procedures in for your fire station. Uh, the fire station should be cleaned more frequently. Again, wiping down common areas. Um, Any close quarters, if you have sleeping quarters, making sure those are wiped down. Kitchens, gyms, bathrooms, uh, any gathering areas for firefighters. If you utilize a sign-in after-the-call type system, where your members are coming in and, and you know signing in after the call. Um, great suggestion by one of uh, my officers in my home department was to just take that away, lock it up in the chief's office, and one person take a roll call. That way we don't have 25 people coming in for a run, passing the same pen off to one another, touching the sheet of paper. All right, But um, you might want to consider doing away with your membership one-on-one signing in for their call attendance. So keeping the station clean and decontaminated um, is very, very important. And let's also uh, think about this. Uh, it is not out of the ordinary for people in a time of need to attempt to walk into a fire station or an EMS station. So you need to have a plan for that as well. Um, Don't allow them into uh, certain areas of the firehouse. Maybe have a door designated for that where you can bring them into an office or into a contained space. Uh, That way you do not have the issue of contamination of a large area. And this way they can be treated, transported, and then you can decon the area that, uh, that that person was treated in. So, you know, again, my friends, this is going to be a very you know, fluid, dynamic situation that's going to continue on for probably the next couple of weeks. And God, I can only hope that it's just for the next couple of weeks. We all have seen the, the predictions out there that it could go on for months. And, and while I'm sure that we, uh, none of us want to see that happen because we want to get back to life as normal. A couple other things aside from the policies and procedures, as volunteers, most of us are employed by somebody other than our agency. We have a day job. So I don't know what's happening with you in your world, but people are being laid off. People are being sent home. Um, Businesses are going to split shifts. And... If you think that it's a stressful time for you and your family as individuals, you know, think about some of these employers that are responsible for you know multiple families and um, their income and their well-being. So, if your employer is you know sending you home or putting you on a split shift with pay, and they're continuing to support you and they're continuing to support your family, um, make sure that. At some point in time, either now or when this whole thing is wrapped up and said and done, you thank them, right? Because uh, this is difficult for all of us, and uh, we we have to band together to get through it. So you know, thank your employer for for keeping you on the clock, for continuing to pay you during this hard time. Because let's face it, if you listen to any business radio station, it's all about jobs, layoff, uh, layoffs, um, government plans. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just insane. So um, thank your employer if they're, if they're keeping you on and doing the best to work with you. The other thing I saw, which is very important And typically not my lane of things to talk about, though we have mentioned it uh, briefly here on the show a couple of times, and we're going to have some guests on in the future to talk about this and address it. I saw some posts on Twitter this week from folks um, with mental health issues that are home, quarantined, not allowed to go to their station, work their job, and do their normal day-to-day. And some of these posts that I saw were were, were definitely concerning, you know, because um, they almost felt like they were a uh, call for help. So we need to watch out for our people. We need to make sure that our people are doing um, are doing okay during this time because obviously uh, in the volunteer world we're probably not going to see each other as much if we're sticking to the social distancing and not going to the fire station all the time and and um, only going in for runs. So we need to watch out for one another. And if you know, if you're a fire service leader, or you're just you know just a good brother and sister, um, and you don't hear from somebody, or you don't see uh, the normal uh, posts from somebody on social media, check in with them. Make sure they're doing okay. And there's there's resources out there for us um, to help us through times like this, especially um, if you're um, if you're battling um, with mental health issues. Um, or you know somebody that is, make sure that they have the resources that are available. And I'm, I'm just going to list a few places that you can go for information and help. Um, obviously, our friends at Next Rung, who we talk about often, uh, they have an 800 number. It's actually an 833 number that you can call or text anytime. Uh, their number's available seven days a week, um, and it's 1833. NXT rung. So that's 1833 NXT R-U-N-G. So those guys are available um, if you know somebody in need. Um, you can check out on Instagram, Confessions of a Firefighter Wife, um, and it's at Confessions of a Firefighter Wife. Um, check out uh, their uh, Instagram page and website. There's many resources listed there as well. And also my buddy, John Sahatchin, who's been on the show and is a friend of the show, um, Jersey Shore Emergency Training. John does training on mental health in the fire service, and I'm sure he is a great resource as well um, if you need just somebody to reach out to for advice or uh, where to go. So my friends... Uh, thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to make this episode quickly uh, because I, I feel that there's a, there's a little disconnect out there. There's people looking for information, and uh, sometimes it's not readily available. Obviously, these are all just suggestions of things that we have done uh, locally and that I know others that I am friendly with have done uh, within their agency. But, um, again, feel free to reach out uh, once this episode is up uh, if you have information that you would like to share uh, on our Instagram or our Facebook page, they're both at Professional Volunteer. Um, please share, please post, please put your thoughts up there uh, because we're all in this together. And again, if you need to contact me directly, Professional VFF, that's Professional VFF at gmail.com or via our website, uh, www.professionalvolunteerfirefighter.com. My friends, stay healthy, stay safe, and remember, we're all in this together.